Welcome to the Nun Report, bringing your regular dose of truth, freedom, and weirdness with your host, Dan Nunn. Thanks for tuning in today. It's uh, Tuesday. We're going to jump right into things here pretty soon. I know the Supreme Court is looking at the student loan, uh, illegal student loan forgiveness program that Joe Biden has put out as another way to buy votes and to give away our tax dollars and to redistribute wealth in this country. I know that's an important topic, but the reality is they're not going to decide today. There's just arguments being made. It takes months for them to form an opinion. So we're not looking at any decisions on that. What I did do today, though, is I threw down a past episode I did about six months ago on the exact same thing. And my positions remain the same. They're very clear. They haven't changed. And so I did throw that episode out there again. If you want to take a look at it, I think it's around uh, episode 106 or something like that. So, uh, so a while ago. But again, it's a universal topic. My opinions haven't changed on it. And I thought it was a decent episode if you wanted to check it out. Another, once again, came across my news feed that, that brought this topic up again. And that is trans men competing in women's sports. And that's, the, that's what I'm primarily going to focus on as far as that goes. But there's some other issues connected to it. We get a little bit later on to the show as after we go through that. I'm going to take a look at BlackRock and the massive control they have over our media, over our transportation, over our investment houses, over our even military to some extent, and also where their money goes to. And I'm going to tie it into Ukraine. Okay, I'm going to tie it in to a couple things actually. I'm going to tie it into COVID and the the mandated vaccines from the large pharmaceuticals. I'm going to tie it into Ukraine and how BlackRock is already committed to rebuilding that country with U.S. tax dollars. It's diabolical. It's, it should be illegal. We need to figure out a way to stop companies like BlackRock and Vanguard from controlling the amount of wealth, so much wealth that they control basically all the large media companies, all the large tech companies, because they simply own so much of the stock or control so much of the stock through their ETFs. Anyway, first things first. Breaking story up in Canada. Once again, we have a, a trans athlete won the women's 1,500-meter event in Canada. Now, look, this is, this is not okay, all right? And yes, it's, not a, it's, a, it's an age group that you know, a lot of people don't compete in. I think it's 50 to 55 years old. But, uh, but he won, and he won by just not a little bit. He said this. I don't feel comfortable racing against men. Man claiming to be a female since 2017 crushes another woman's track record. So not only did he compete, he broke a record. A 50-year-old former soccer player and triathlete. So not only is he a man, he's an athlete, okay? And he runs a lot. Soccer, triathlete. He began claiming to be a woman six years ago. In an apparent effort to make up for lost time, he has since been racing to break records set by female athletes at various track events. So he's, he's, he went out there with the intent purpose of crushing women's track records by saying that he's a, by pretending to be a female, okay? Over the weekend, Tiffany Newell placed first at the 2023 Canadian Masters Indoor Championship in Toronto. Catherine Weber, his sole opponent in the 50 to 54 age group for women's 1500 meter indoor race, appears to have placed first among real women in the category. And yes, she is really first. Now, it's important to take a look back, I think, on women's sports in general, because this is not, it took a long time 
for women to gain some sort of parity with men's sports. There was a period of time where women were only allowed to compete in certain sports, you know, like swimming and tennis. And then when they were in swimming, men weren't allowed to watch, um, you know, back in, you know, but even that wasn't that long ago, late 1800s, early 1900s. As this last century has evolved, women became more and more accepted and they got into different sports. They got accepted in the Olympics. They have, the, of course, the WNBA now. They're huge in soccer. They've won a couple of World Cups. The U.S. women's team has. But that did not come easy. That came with years and decades of fighting for some sort of parity and equity on the sports field so that they would be allowed to compete so that athletic women could go out and compete as women versus only sports out there being male sports. So let's take a quick look at the history of women's sports, shall we? In 1972, and this was, this was big, and this is, we're talking modern history, okay? We can go back to, you know, to <laughs> medieval times and, you know, 400 BC or whatever, but we're not going to do that. In 1972, the U.S. President Richard Nixon, by the way, a Republican, I'll point out, a conservative Republican, I'll point out, he signed Title IX of the Education Amendment Act of 1972. The law provides vehicles to fight for equal funding for opportunity for athletes. This was a huge step in women's athletics. No person in the United States shall, on the basis of sex, be excluded from participation in, be denied the benefit of, or be subject to discrimination under any education program or activity receiving federal financial assistance. Pretty big step. Very bold. Huge step forward for women's rights and women's athletics in general. Put forward by a Republican president. 1974, the Women's Sports Foundation is born. Created by Billie Jean King a year after she won Battle of Sexes tennis match against Bobby Riggs, the foundation supports the participation in women's sports. And I'm just going to buzz through the bullet points here really quick. Because I just think it is kind of important to understand the foundation of it, okay? 1984, at last, a marathon. So finally, women's marathons, this was 84. This wasn't that long ago. It was 50 years ago, okay? So this is all relatively new in the scheme of things, that women have, have received recognition and, and some level of parity with men in sports. So in 1984, once considered too fragile, to run 26.2 miles, women are allowed to run the Olympic marathon for the first time. American Joan Benoit wins the gold medal in Los Angeles. See, they didn't think women were strong enough to run a full marathon, so they had shorter marathons. I think it was like 18 kilometers or something like that, whereas the men got to run the full marathon because they were bigger and stronger. Well, women finally reached out where they're able to compete on the same courses that men, and actually in the same Races, you know, as far as marathons go with men, they just keep track of the men and women separately. In 1991 was the women's, women's first World Cup. FIFA stages the first women's World Cup in China, of all places. Interesting, which the United States wins, beating Norway 2-1. to one. The event is largely ignored by the world as the Americans learn when they arrive at the airport where one journalist greets them. One journalist greeted them for the first Women's World Cup. (laughs) 
we don't have to repeat the same slide there. That same year, there was a change in Olympic sports. Beginning this year, all new sports added to the Olympics have to have women's events in an effort to achieve parity. Since then, women's participation has leapt from 21.2 to 40.3%. Moving on down the line. Let's get a little bit more recent. 1995. USA Basketball invests in women. USA Basketball creates a year-long training program for the Olympic team in preparation for the 1996 Atlanta Games. Stanford's Tara Vandeveer is the coach. The team travels the country playing against the top college programs. Pretty big deal. Got uh, USA Basketball team getting ready to, to uh, play the world and get ready to compete in the Olympics. Now, this was in 1995, less than 30 years ago. Women were just, I mean, still making first in women's sports because it just wasn't allowed before that. 1996, new Olympic sports, softball and women's soccer are included for the first time in the Olympics. That was in 1996, the summer of women, American Women teams win, won the gold in basketball, soccer, ball, soccer, soccer ball, uh, won the gold in basketball, soccer, softball, and gymnastics, and in several other events. They dominated that Olympics. And then a lot of attention really started getting paid to world sports after that. It just it continued to snowball. Of course, professional basketball came along with the ABL and the WNBA, which is still in existence to this day. The WNBA is and gaining steam all the time. Professional basketball leagues are formed. The ABL folds after two seasons, and its members were absorbed by the NBA, WNBA, which, of course, I said, still exists to this day and is growing. In 1999, a milestone for the Women's World Cup is held in the United States, selling out huge NFL stadiums and becomes the most successful women's sporting event in history just 24 years ago. 18 million viewers watched the final on television. I'm going to pop one more slide in here. 2015 Soccer Cup ratings soar. The final of the Women's World Cup between the United States and Japan shattered the record as most watched soccer game in American history. Not just women's soccer game, the most watched soccer game in American history. It drew 25.4 million viewers. Now that we have a little bit of history and recent history, on women's sports, women's professional sports, women's uh, Olympic sports, and, and the type of events that they're allowed to compete in now, which is pretty much everything. There is a women's category for uh, nearly everything. that I, Anything that I can think of off the top of my head, there's a women's category for it. They compete as women. Why do they compete as women? Because they're not men. Because they can't compete against men. Because men are biologically stronger, bigger, stronger, faster, not able to leap tall buildings in a single bound, but Superman was a man. It's in his name, after all. We've reached a point now where men can cosplay as women, say they're a woman, and go compete against people that they're easily going to beat. Leah Thomas was a good example, the swimmer. And this is going on all over the place. Fortunately, you're starting to get some schools, high schools and colleges, whose teams are refusing to compete against biological males, and they should. 
They need to make a stand. It's getting to the point where these trans athletes are more of a protected class than actual women. So men pretending to be women are more protected than actual women. I'm not okay with that. I mean, women spent decades, I'm a woman, hear me roar, feminist movement and all of that to get to where they are as far as athletics go and many other places in society, professionally, career-wise, all of that. And you have men pretending to be women taking that from them. And you have feminists cheering it on. They actually support this. They're actually saying, yes, oh, yay, these trans men, this is so great, it's so wonderful. Really? They're displacing women. They're breaking their records. They're disqualifying women that would have made it into finals because they took the spot instead. It's completely cheapened the sports. And if it's allowed to continue, they will own every single record and every single title that there is. So these men pretending to be women need to stay the hell out of women's sports. And there's laws around the country, of course, everybody says, oh, you're transphobic. No, we're realistic. Men do not belong competing with women, period. Under any circumstance when it comes to athletics. And I'm going to just, uh, what did I do there? I'm going to just get rid of that. Another production error by yours truly, since I'm the producer, the creator, the producer, and the distributor of this fine program. <laughs> let's, let's move on to the next. I'm going to drop a little video here. Stop listening to my voice. And let's listen to someone who's actually been there. My name is Riley Gaines. I'm a recent graduate from the University of Kentucky, where I was on the women's swim team. I proudly finished my career as a 12-time NCAA All-American, a five-time SEC champion. Um, I am one of the fastest 200 butterflyers uh, of all time. Um, but on March 17th of last year, my teammates and I were, and other female swimmers from universities around the country were forced to compete against a biological male named Leah Thomas. Um, Thomas was allowed to compete in the women's division after competing as a member of the University of Pennsylvania's men's swim team for three years. We watched on the side of the pool as Thomas won a national title in the 500-yard freestyle, beating out the most impressive and accomplished female athletes in the country, including Olympians and American record holders. Whereas just the year before, Thomas at best was ranking in the 400s in the men's category. The next day, Thomas and I raced in the 200 freestyle, which ended up in a tie. Um, we went the exact same time down to the hundredth of a second. Having only one trophy, the NCAA told me that I would go home empty-handed and this trophy would go to Thomas. And when I questioned this, the NCAA told me that Thomas had to hold it for photo purposes. I was shocked. I felt betrayed and belittled, reduced to a photo op. But my feelings didn't matter. What mattered to the NCAA were the feelings of a biological male. In 1972, Congress enacted Title IX to end unjust sex discrimination in all aspects of education, including college athletics. But by allowing Thomas to displace female athletes in the pool and on the podium, the NCAA intentionally and explicitly discriminated on the basis of sex. 
Although the NCAA claimed it acted in the name of inclusion, its policies in fact excluded female athletes. But that is not all. In addition to being forced to give up our awards, our titles, and our opportunities, the NCAA forced female swimmers to share a locker room with Thomas, a 6'4", 22-year-old male who was fully intact with male genitalia. Let me be clear. We were not forewarned. We were not asked for our consent, and we did not give our consent. If nothing else, I hope you can truly see how this is a violation of our privacy and how some of us have felt uncomfortable, awkward, um, embarrassed, and even traumatized by this experience. I know. Leah Thomas, loser. You are a fucking loser. And NCAA. You sexist pieces of shit, woke mother effers. You, uh, you give the trophy. And I remember when that happened. There was a tie. So they gave, they only had one trophy. Of course, they're going to give it to the guy pretending to be a woman, you know, because that's the woke thing to do. For a photo op, we're going to give it to him for the photo. We'll send you a trophy in the damn mail. This woman can never get that back. This young woman and the other women who are affected, they can never get that year back. They can never get that competition back. It's been taken from them by a mentally ill and permissive society that allows this sort of crap to happen. It's unbelievable, really, when you think about it. And they'll sit there and defend it. And if you don't agree with it, if you don't think this was the right thing, if you don't think it's okay to let men pretending to be women compete against actual women, oh, and not to mention, I mean, like you said, the biological man walking around in their locker room with his, with his penis hanging out, they had to change in front of him. That is sexual assault. But you see, these liberals want to have it both ways. They can claim sexual assault. They can claim transphobic uh, actions by people and words. But when they do it, it's all okay. See, they think that if, if we don't believe that it's okay for men dressed as women to compete against women, then they're pretending to be women. It's a mental illness. Then, then we're the problem. Can you talk about what other states have passed or are working on passing similar laws? We have had folks here on the show, even as recently as this week, who have talked about sort of the, the, the broad attack as they see it on LGBTQ plus kids in this country. Yeah, so an NBC News analysis found that lawmakers have proposed 238 bills just this year that seek to limit the rights of LGBTQ Americans, and half of those target transgender people specifically. And 14 states total now ban transgender athletes from participating on the sports teams that align with their gender identity. Good. So this is really part of a nationwide trend, like you mentioned. When you look at the polling on this, right, you go polling from late last month, I believe it was, says that nearly half of American adults oppose trans students from playing on sports team that match their gender identity. But when you break it down by party, um, I think we can show it here. It shows that more than 50 percent of Democrats support trans athletes playing on the gender of the sports team they identify with. Seventy five percent of Republicans oppose this. It's not surprising, I think, to see it break down on, on party lines. Joe, and I wonder if that matches the reporting that you've been doing. Yeah, it definitely matches. And I think that also is because, you know, when people don't know a transgender person, they're more likely to be susceptible to misinformation or to things that, you know, aren't exactly accurate when we're talking about trans athletes. And so that's what we're seeing on like from Republicans is that the Republicans.
No, Republicans want equality. You want it to be unequal. These Democrats are freaking insane, okay? Their religion of what they call democracy, nothing like Jeffersonian democracy, is so perverted. These are the same people who were burning their bras in the 70s for women's liberation. The same people who fought to have women included in sports. The same people who applauded the 1972 Title IX ruling that women could not be discriminated against in athletics. And now they're discriminating against them by allowing males pretending to be women to compete against them. It's almost like the mental illness gets worse the older they get. And I don't know if they remember what life was about. Well, of course, that woman doesn't. She's too young. I would imagine some of the older people are the ones that don't, don't agree with it. Now, it affects not just sports, but I mean, it's feminism in general. I brought up fem- feminists. This is, this is, a, this is just, another, just another twisted viewpoint from somebody who belongs in therapy not somebody who anybody should take advice from. So I just want to say that feminist theory is over. We're moving on. We're not doing feminist theory anymore. And hear me out. The vast majority of feminist theory is bio-essentialist, which essentially means it is cis-normative and transphobic. I have seen very small inclusions of transgender women and femmes in feminist theory. But I dare you to try and find your favorite feminist thinker talking about the experiences of transgender men and transmasculine people. So this is a public service announcement. We're moving on to trans theory now. Now we're going to live on theory instead of biological fact. It's not that we're transphobic. It's not that we're oh cis regular people or nothing. No, it's biology. You can feel however you want. You can feel masculine. There's a lot of women who do definitely feel masculine. There's men who feel feminine or and more effeminate than other men. That's okay. It doesn't make you a man or a woman. Your biology does. So shut the hell up. They're trying to erase women. What is their... Women are incredible. I love them, Okay. They do amazing things and they care and they have qualities that I will never have. And because of that, we're stronger together. But by eliminating them, by taking away their records, by taking away their ability to compete and build up their own self-confidence and their own self-worth and accomplishment, feelings of accomplishment, like was stolen from those young women in Kentucky. By doing that, you're basically erasing women. This, this person, there is no such thing as femininity anymore. Feminism is dead. It's all about theory now. It's about gender theory. I got news for you. It's not. I mean, and th- these are not, <sighs> these are not rational people. I guess I'll just put it that way. And you could just look over and over again. I mean, whether it's, you have transgender uh, rapists, this person raped women but he identifies as a woman. He's not a woman. He's a man who raped women. And they want to put him in a female prison because he identifies as a woman so he can commit more sexual assault. 
what is wrong with these people? There is a, it's a I didn't, I mean, it's a mass form of mental illness is what it is. And, um, and, and I, I'm seeing some things. I mean, I, I never, I never thought I would. It's just, it's just gotten pretty crazy. I'm going to count that as the weird portion of today. Um, I didn't pull up a super weird one, but that's pretty weird. The, both of those things were. And I, I just like to say, you know, I support women's athletics. I, I, I support parity and their ability to accomplish as much as they can accomplish. And it pisses me off that the woke movement and men pretending to be women are taking that opportunity from them after they fought so freaking hard to get it. All right, moving on. Who is BlackRock? BlackRock is an investment company. They uh, own a ton of stuff. They, they don't, well, they don't necessarily own a lot of stuff, but they control a lot of money and a lot of huge blocks of stock. And companies like Google and Facebook and used to be Twitter, but fortunately Twitter got out of that game because Elon Musk saved them. They do a lot of uh, ETF investing uh, in, in with funds and investments over in China, where basically American taxpayers, pensions, and 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 people who uh, invest are their money is being used to build the Chinese military and to strengthen China, and has been for some times. And you've got companies, greedy, greedy companies like BlackRock and and Vanguard facilitating it. They control so much stock that they're actually able to manipulate companies and make them do what they want to do. You need to be more green. Oh, you need to not allow this, or you need to make a vaccine. Because they own a huge amount of Pfizer and Moderna and or control a lot of the stock, and they control a ton of stock of every media company out there. So I'm, I'm gonna, let's drop a couple of videos here and, and just do a little introduction of who is BlackRock anyway. Who helped cause soaring gas prices? BlackRock. Who contributed to outrageous housing prices? BlackRock. BlackRock and Larry Fink spent years harassing oil and gas companies, making them divest from fossil fuels. Now you feel the pain. And BlackRock-owned companies are snatching up houses, crippling families. Now BlackRock's former ESG czar, Brian Deese, is Biden's economic advisor. Crushing America from within. That's what BlackRock is really about. Oh yeah, they're going around buying up all the properties and driving up the prices so that Americans can't afford them. They're buying office buildings, they're buying uh, investment properties, they're buying private residences, homes. and driving up the price so that we can't afford them. See, Americans aren't intentionally supporting BlackRock or the CCP or the buildup of the Chinese military machine, largest navy in the world now, by the way, which they've invested heavily in. 
they're just it's in their pension funds. They you buy a four hundred one k or an ETF. You're not necessarily looking at the individual companies that it's invested in. You're just looking at its performance, right? And the same thing with the pension funds and, and the retirement accounts that everybody or that you know most people have in one form or another, whether it's an IRA, four hundred one k, or it's a publicly provided pension. They're looking at return, and you're looking at return when you invest in these things. If you dig into what they own, the type of investments that you're supporting with your money, and a large ton of it is public funds because of pensions that the government gives to their, you know, their employees that, that, that serve in public, in a public fashion, and it's inadvertently supporting our prime adversary in the world. It's helping to build their military. It's helping to build their economy while destroying ours. Because they don't invest in America. They invest overseas to a large extent with their ETFs. All your mind in just a few minutes. Check this guy out. This is uh, from the numerous uh, articles published in June of this year, including one of which I'm showing here. Just Google BlackRock and Vanguard Group own the world, and you'll find my sources. Now, BlackRock and Vanguard Group own Big Pharma and the media. These two companies are the two largest asset management firms. In 2015, they had combined revenues of $9.1 trillion. The power of these two companies is beyond most of our imaginations. By 2028, it's estimated that they're going to have investments of around $20 trillion, meaning they're going to basically own everything. Vanguard is owned by globalists pushing for a great reset, the new world order, in which the wealth of many is funneled into the hands of just a few. So that it's, it's, it is. It's all of the money being controlled by a very few people. Imagine, and, and Woody Harrell, of course, I'm making fun of it, but it, it's, imagine having a company that owns the pharmaceuticals and owns the media and the political machine to a large extent. Now you're going to force the entire world population to get a vaccine from the company that you are highly invested in. It's mandatory. And there's no liability. You can't get in trouble for it. You're able to control the flow of information regarding the vaccine through all the media outlets that you own as well and control. And then you take all that profit and all that money and turn around and reinvest it into China. Yeah, it's that bad. And that's exactly what's happening. And it doesn't take a lot of digging to do it. It takes a little bit of reading, a little bit of digging, but mostly it just takes, you know, some critical thought process. I'm going to let this one run out for a little bit while because I thought it was a good representation here. It, it's it's almost a two minutes clip. I'm not gonna not gonna do the whole thing, but I'm gonna do, go through at least a minute of it, enough of it for you to get the idea put together of exactly the flow of things and how it works. And then I'm going to jump over and we're going to take a look at Fink, who is the CEO of BlackRock. And then I'm going to tie it into Ukraine and how the war in Ukraine and the rebuilding of Ukraine is partially controlled and for the purpose of enriching those at BlackRock, taking money from America and redistributing it into China.
company and Larry Fink hold such power? Why is it that you have not heard of them more? There is power in anonymity. If BlackRock is barely featured in print publications and news channels, it is because they want it to be so. If they wanted, they could feature every day. BlackRock currently owns 18% of Fox, 16% of CBS, and 13% of Comcast, which in turn owns NBC, MSNBC, and Sky. If any of those companies wanted to make a decision, they would have to also consult with BlackRock before doing so. The same is true for Google, a tech giant currently worth 800 and 53 billion dollars. Amazon, Facebook, and Twitter are also not exempt. And neither is Disney. Thanks to their incredibly diverse investment portfolio in media alone, BlackRock essentially owns 90% of the world's media. If you don't know about them, it's because they don't want you to. Why? Owning a portion of the world doesn't come without its share of scandal or conflict. In 2020, BlackRock became the first foreign company to be allowed into China's mutual fund industry, which means they can now invest and own parts of Chinese companies, including ones that are blacklisted by the United States. One of the first investments made by BlackRock was in Hikivision, a security and communications firm that essentially makes facial recognition software for use by the Chinese government. But this money isn't just BlackRock. BlackRock's or Larry Fink's. It comes from pension funds and bank accounts of ordinary civilians who have unknowingly given money to BlackRock in the past. If we take into account BlackRock's ownership over Western media, banks, e-commerce stores, social media, food and beverages, and many, many more industries, it becomes evident that the company has a wealth of data on us. They may do with it what they please. TikTok's data harvesting pales in comparison to what BlackRock is capable of given how they have everything from our bank account numbers to our personal tastes and preferences. As BlackRock... Yeah. And it gets worse. You know what else they bought? So they have the facial recognition software. They have all that. Um, they also bought the uh, oh, Ancestry. Yeah, so Ancestry, you know, where everybody sends their DNA to to find out what their ancestry is and, and search out their family tree. Yeah, they bought that. And if you want to take a look at, at some of the things that they control, Apple, top institutional shareholders of Apple, Vanguard and BlackRock. Top institutional holders of Google, Vanguard and BlackRock. Top institutional holders of Facebook, Vanguard and BlackRock. Top institutional holders of Pfizer, Vanguard, and BlackRock. Moderna, Vanguard, and BlackRock. They're not the top two. They're number three and four. State Street, Vanguard, and BlackRock. I think you get the idea. They have built an empire using other people's money through their investment firm to where they own so much of the stock that they control what those companies can and cannot do. These companies have to basically go to them for permission to make any major changes. And if a directive comes down from BlackRock or Vanguard to these companies, then they're obliged to follow it. You know why? Because all these board members who have golden parachutes in the form of a lot of stock and, and that sort of thing they would be done. And so they, they tow the party line, so to speak, and they do what they're told. They bow 
to the almighty dollar. And you don't think they're controlling these companies? You don't have to believe me. Larry Fink himself, who runs BlackRock, he said it. We, we outright, you know, people have to do what we tell them to do. Check this out. Well, behaviors are going to have to change, and this is one thing we're, going to, we're asking companies. Uh, you have to force behaviors, and at BlackRock, we are forcing behaviors. Companies have to change, and you have to force behaviors. BlackRock is forcing behaviors. Well, this is all good and well, Dan, and, 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 and kind of neat. It is kind of neat. Um, I told you they, they bought Ancestry. Um, here's the deal, $4.7 billion. They went ahead and bought that. So now that's, all, that's something they own outright. Uh, they, they now have access to everybody's DNA that went along in there. How does this tie into Ukraine? Well, breaking news. Zelensky announces he is planning to join World Economic Forums in Davos to sign a new post-war loan deal with BlackRock. Zelensky agrees to Ukraine rebuild investment with BlackRock. The war isn't even over yet. And they're already planning on who's going to finance rebuilding their infrastructure and everything that got destroyed during the war. And they're choosing BlackRock. You know where BlackRock gets their money? From the United States. They're going to take our money, rebuild Ukraine with it, with loans, Get that money back from Ukraine and invest it in China. So Ukraine is, again, what it's always been, is a massive money laundering scheme. And they're going to take American wealth, transfer it through Ukraine to China. And Z is laughing his ass off all the friggin' way. And when you have people, supporters of the endless funding for Ukraine, and I did that, I talked about that a lot yesterday, so I won't go into it too much more. George Bush, Joe Biden, Liz Cheney, Lindsey Graham, all of the uniparty, right? Hillary Clinton, Mitch McConnell, Mitt Romney, Adam Kissinger, all the mainstream media. D.C. Drano says, pro tip, if you ever see these people all agreeing on something, it is 100% something that is bad and that you should be opposed to. I agree 1,000% if there were such a thing as 1,000%, but there's not. So let's not get ridiculous like, like those wacky liberals do. Um, we'll just go ahead and say 100%. China is full steam ahead with new coal plants as the West goes green. You know who's funding these coal plants? By the way, so China approved the equivalent of two new large coal plants each week. Last year, even as the United States and other Western nations prioritize renewable energy as worldwide energy costs increase amid the Russian invasion of Ukraine and persistent supply chain bottlenecks. Chinese authorities approved 106 gigawatts of new coal power projects in 2022, more than quadrupling the 23 gigawatt approval of 2021. You don't think the Ukraine war is about money? You don't think there's, there's a reason why they're not searching for peace. You don't hear the Biden administration or any top uh, congressional leader talking about finding a path towards peace in Ukraine. Why? Because they've all got money on it. They're either making money through the military industrial complex right now, or they're going to make money through BlackRock when it's all said and done. We're out of time. Here's your no better take of the day. I don't think that men pretending to be women should 
compete against women in women's sports. I think that women's sports are for women. They spent decades trying to gain some sort of parity and some sort of equality in sports. And it was finally given to them in 1972 with Title IX. Nixon signed it. Gave them so that there could be no discrimination. All the sexes with with federal funding and colleges and, and schools and institutions all needed to provide equally for women as it did for men as far as what sports could be played and that sort of thing. The funding needed to be equal as well, spread amongst the, the sexes. And so it should be. The Olympics finally let them in. The women world, won a World Cup. We have the WNBA. These are not ancient history things. These are all relatively new things. 1972 was 38, 48, a little over 50 years ago. WNBA was in the 90s when it was founded. Women fought for decades to get some level of parity so they could compete, get that feeling of accomplishment, get that feeling of victory, get that, that, you know, athletic women could get out there and accomplish something and compete amongst their peers and win. And if they didn't win, they get what all athletes do, and that's the journey. And that journey is being taken away from them by men pretending to be women. They will never get these moments back. Those women in, the, in the, that uh, swim meet, the championships with Leah Thomas from Kentucky, they will never get those moments back. She took away title from women. She took away a trophy from a woman. Leah Thomas paraded naked in the women's locker room with young women that were horrified by this, traumatized some of them. He's got his penis hanging out. It's a serious problem. A lot of these guys just, they can't compete. They're losers. They can't compete with men. So, hey, I'll just pretend to be a woman and I'll go beat every record over there. Pussies. Absolute wusses, these guys. And there's a little bit of mental illness going on there, too. You have woke, uh, I don't even know what you call them. If you, if you believe that women should have their own sports, you're transphobic. If you don't support uh, pronouns, you're transphobic. If you don't, they think that femininity is gone, that the feminist movement is over, and now we're moving into a sexual theoretical period. Bullshit. Men will never be women, and women will never be men. Men can be feminine, and women can have more masculinity than other women. But that doesn't define your biological sex. It's what you got between your legs. You got BlackRock controlling the majority of the world. They say they'll own over 90% of the media within the next five years. They will control all of the information, the flow of information, the flow of the money, whether it be through big tech, pharmaceuticals, the media. They own it all, and they're doing it with your money. And they're enriching China in the process and enabling China to build their war machine into one of the greatest in the world that may even surpass us, their economy will surpass us. Unless something, something is done to change course very quickly because Joe Biden's, he's part of the problem because he's part of that club, see. You have BlackRock has already signed a contract to 
to rebuild Ukraine when the war is over. The war is not even over. It, we're fighting the war forever, they say. Whatever it takes, for as long as it takes and as much as it takes, we're going to just give it to them. The American Treasury is getting dumped into the military-industrial complex and funding pensions and welfare in Ukraine. And then it's already agreed that BlackRock is going to swoop in when it's all said and done and rebuild Ukraine. Through loans, of course. And then Ukraine will get the money from us through tax, through our tax dollars, because Biden will give it to them and the Democrats will give it to them. Ukraine will get the money from us. They'll give it to BlackRock and BlackRock will invest it in China. Diabolical. Should be illegal. But once again, Ukraine is the money laundering mechanism that it's been forever for huge corporations and wealthy individuals alike. Ukraine is not an ethical, free country. And the fact that we're giving them our treasury just so that BlackRock can turn around and give it to China is criminal. And thanks for watching. If you've just been listening on the radio, renegaderadio.com or any of the podcast channels, make sure to check me out on rumble.com slash the nun report. You can catch all the video and everything I put up on there. I'm at the Nun Report on all the socials except TikTok because I don't do the commie BS. Or you should go to my website, thenunreport.com. Nice and simple. Link into everything right there. Anyway, hey, thanks again for watching. And as always, until next time, may the odds be ever in your favor. Cheers.